Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio. Your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. Welcome to Season 18, our 2023 NHL Draft Preview Part 4, powered by Instat Hockey. Often the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. And Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. For the next two hours, uh, both myself and Jason Bukla, who's been happy to join for this show, we are going to discuss our second-round list from... 33 down to 64, a little compare and contrast uh, from that standpoint. It's interesting, Jason, to look at the different lists that, you know, people have in the industry, particularly people who've, who've actually worked uh, for NHL teams, because it's just a collection of what they're, what they value in terms of certain skill sets, certain positions, uh, certain styles, certain biases of players, and what you, you know, what your preferences are. So, as every time I collect and put uh, my data into my system and hit the button and spits it out, I always sort of chuckle at myself because I know exactly where my, you know, what I value. And the power yeah. forwards tend to eke, eke up a little bit farther. And guys who I think are going to be top, you know, top three demon eke a little higher um, in terms of value. So, you know, that's always fun, fun to do. And my hardest part is figuring out goaltenders because I'm not a goaltender guy, right? So. <laughs> So that's part of it. So we um, let's get into it. So at number 33, this is where I have a goaltender in Trey Augustine. And we talked about him here on the show. And I just think he has like interesting upside. Um, I have him as a B grade player, but my B grades um, equal to a third line forward, a number five defenseman or a two A goalie. So I am projecting that he's going to be a two A goalie could get into uh, a starting position in terms of a 1B, 1A, um, that could be the high, but I'm also more conservative when it comes to goaltenders because it's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. It's, uh, it's a difficult uh, trajectory when you're projecting goaltenders out. Generally speaking, um, there are some anomalies in the game that they hit in their first contract, their first cycle, if you will, their entry-level deal, three years. Um, but generally speaking, you're not going to start to really see a goalie uh, until the second cycle. So Dustin Wolf would be an example right now who's coming through Calgary system. Um, you know, he's ending the third year, I believe, as an entry-level deal. And, and, you know, so he's getting closer to a second deal before he becomes a full-time NHL goalie, even though he's been highly successful in the American League already. So having said all that, um, I don't disagree with Trey Augustine, the, the your guy here at 33. I love his athleticism. I love his uh, the way he tracks the play, fronts the play, really quick laterally. You know, was really good for Team USA at the Worlds. Uh, they don't win gold without some of the key saves he made. Having said that, I went with Michael Horabel, who uh, played in Omaha, the USHL. And uh, the big rig uh, measured out recently at the Combine. I mean, this kid's approaching six foot seven in the net, um, which is, you know, I don't know what Ben Bishop was off the top of six, my head. Six, seven. But, uh, okay, so there you go. You know, that gives some... That gives your listeners type of visual in terms of stature in the net. So um, really athletic, believe it or not, off the ice too. Like uh, he tested very well. He's flexible. 
he's rangy. Obviously, he's a big guy, so he's rangy anyways. But uh, I just felt like um, his projection was a little bit easier to project, uh, and I was splitting hairs on uh, their current state of ability. Um, so that's why I went with the Rabel. At number 34, this is where I have uh, Charlie Scramble, and it's really about I just view him as a th- potential third-line center. Now, does he have some limitations in his game? Sure, but when you can skate like that, he has – just enough hockey sense, has some puck skills, and he's a big body and could project into a guy who could kill some penalties for you, play some heavy minutes in the playoffs. Um, we watch the playoffs once again. You know, sometimes we forget it's a big boys game in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I, had, I had a big boy there at uh, number 34. Well, I value Stramble. I don't value him here uh, for all the same reasons you just said it. Um, you know, he's a tough one because um, I actually thought his skating came a long way this year on straight lines. I thought he was real quick or not real quick, quicker uh, than he was kind of last summer. Um, uh, so having said all that, uh, you know, his college season was uh, it left a lot to be desired. But so did the whole team. Right. They were yeah. kind of going through uh, a little bit of a scenario there at Wisconsin. So I thought he was good at the World Juniors. You and I both saw him there at the World Juniors. I played an identity. I've got Grayson Sasha in here, though. Um Again, my strategy is, uh, and I'm sure it is the same with you, but best player, and I just felt like Grayson Sashin, um from Seattle, uh, his puck skill and his savvy with the puck on his stick is uh, ridiculous at times. He can beat players through their feet, through their stick, uh, kind of around their body, slip off checks on the half wall. I've got Grayson Sashin at 34. That's funny because I have Grayson Sashin at number 35. So <laughs> at, for many of the same reasons that, that you had in there and – I mean, although he didn't play prominent role sometimes in the playoffs, they had a really stacked team and that sometimes happens. So you can't punish a player for that entirely. And you just got to see what he does, what the opportunity had presents to himself. And he's going to have lots of opportunity next year to be the man because a lot of guys are peeling off that team in Seattle. So it'll be interesting to see how he takes the bull by the horns from, from that respect. And, uh, you know, I thought he had a really, a lot of upside there as well. Uh, at so, I had, that's where I have him there. So who you have at number 35. I've got Ethan Goche at 35. Um, I like Ethan Goche for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, he skates really well. I think he could be more explosive of the blocks. So that's something he's going to have to work on. But I think with more leg strength, you know, at this age, um, you know, if they work at it, they should get better. His mechanics are fine. He's got good vision, distributes well off the rush uh, on the power play too. You know, he, He's aware in all three zones. I just think that he does a lot of things um, really well. Nothing super elite, uh, but elite enough on the offensive side to slide into here. So I've got Ethan Goche here. I think he's got potential top six NHL upside um, skill and IQ. Yeah, it's interesting because I have him as like that third line winger on a good team because he can do he's versatile. He doesn't do anything great, but he's good. And for me, as a coach, when I, if you throw him over the boards, he's reliable. Like, you can depend on him. He's not going to make critical errors. He's not going to make mistakes in those situations. So you know what NHL coaches are like. They despise the players that do all these dangle moves that are on a third line. Look, you know, you have a role to play. And, yes, we want you to get offense, but you need to be responsible. And I want you to do certain things on the ice. And I think I agree with you in that respect. That's where I think he fits in that role. As you know, could and you may be right, he may have more of an upside in terms of offense and play, say, like as that F6 with a couple skill forwards up on a second line. And those are the kind of play you sort of look at, 
I guess, you know, Alex Burroughs had a lot of that where he could have been on a really stacked team, an excellent third line player, but he had that ability to play up in the lineup and he ended up playing with the twins. So, you know, I'm not saying that's a comparable, but those kind of players have some versatility in, in that part of the lineup. So, which I'm really intrigued with. So at number 36, this is where I have Riley height. Uh, just because I think that's another, when I look at positional, you'll notice on my list, there's a kind of a clumping of centermen who I mm-hmm. think can play third line, right? Because center have, obviously have value over wing. If everything is pretty close to being equal, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're, cut, you know, cutting slimming some hairs there. So I thought he has, you know, some hockey sense, some puck skills, you know, has some ability to play at the NHL level uh, on a third line. I don't know if I'd want to put him on a second, but I think, you know, he'd be more comfortable being more of an offensive producer on a third line in the middle of the ice. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying there. I mean, we're sneaking up on him. I had him at 38, so we're kind of splitting hairs right in the same area. And, yeah. You know, full, full transparency, I think that when you're in this area of the draft, Shane, you know, these guys, there's a lot to like about this clump of players, as you put yeah. it. There's not, there's not a lot to uh, – there's, no, there's not a lot of outliers where we can say that you're crazy for thinking that that player should be in that slot. I don't, I don't feel like there's a run here that, that you can yeah. have that discussion. So I went Trey Augustine here. A um, couple of different reasons, strategically, second-best goalie, close to the number one goalie for me. Uh, but also the fact that if I required a goalie in the draft, this is where I would slot him because I would lose him otherwise. Um, uh, I think that, uh, again, he's got enough over some of these other guys on this list in this area. Uh, and what I saw and what I think he's – I think his trajectory where he's going – um, he's going to a college program where he's going to see much more rubber than he did, uh, you know, at the program for sure. He was with Michigan state, I think. And, uh, um, I got him at 36. I think he's got tremendous upside. Yeah. It should be good for him. And that's one of the considerations I have is where players are going next. Sometimes there's some movement in the development and that environment matters. Cause if I think he's going to either a university program or a junior team or going to a different European club team, if I don't think that's the best environment for that player, that's a consideration moving mm-hmm. forward because he has to develop there. You know, the NHL team only has so much sway in that respect. Uh, but we're going to take a short break. We'll be back on Hockey Prospect Radio right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We are back for our 2023 NHL Preview Part 4, powered by Instat Hockey, often the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. We're Jason Buchel, and we're breaking down our second round picks from 33 to 64. Uh, we now slide into the number 37 pick, so... Jason, this is where I have Brady Nadeau out of out of Penticton, um, skilled centerman, right-handed shot. And when I look at players, you know, in that second round that I think can play who have skill, which I'm I'm a little uncertain whether they can play in the second second line, but have enough skill to play third. But they have a long uh, runway in terms of going to college, probably two years, maybe ideally three for Brady. Mm-hmm. That just gives an NHL team a longer time to take a look at him and then help his development before he's thrown to the wolves of the American Hockey League. Because you know what that league's like. It's it's a meat grinder for young prospects. It can really chew them up if they're not ready. So I just like Brady's ability, ability and willingness to dominate. Like he dominated in Penticton. But there's yeah. and one thing I liked about him is even if they were winning, he would stomp on the opposition's neck. He would just like, he wouldn't let him off. He's like, I'm going to stomp in your neck and I have to put up three more points. We're going to put up three more points because that's what we're going to do. And I like that killer instinct about him. Yeah. And it's going to get harder for him, obviously, but uh, you can't discount his season. I mean, year over year, he more than doubled his production. He's obviously trending in a very positive direction. Um, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to see how long he does stay at college. You know, I don't call him undersized per se he's 510 which isn't really short like you know like he's not he's not tiny um he's gonna need to put on a little bit of weight before he gets to that american league meat grinder as you put it um but hey you can't you can't ignore his offense i've got him a little bit later on um but i mean he's an electric player at that level he should be a great college player ideally three years probably two because that's just the way it happens um so we'll see where he goes but um, my guy here at 37, I, I continue on my run of goalies. Um, you know, I would, if I didn't get, uh, horrible Augustine or, uh, you know, with my 33 and 36, I go to the next guy on my list. If I was in need of goalie and I go to the Bjarnason kid, um, you know, his second half had some ups and downs. Um, the positives are, first of all, I love his character. We interviewed him, Sam Cosentino and I, um, at He's the great. combine. He's a great kid. Great yeah. kid. 
And um, I really believe he's going to put in the work, the time to uh, to get better. The team in front of him should be more consistent next year as well, which will uh, alleviate some of his um, half-do nights, if you will. Like he's half to be, you know, the best player for us tonight, for us to get a win. Um, so, you know, it, it's just that his second half was a little bit too disjointed compared to the other guys. Love his size. Uh, I think he competes. His crease composure has a ways to go. Uh, playing inside his post for his uh, stature, but uh, I've got him here at uh, 37. At uh, number 38, this is where I have Brady Nadeau's teammate in Adar Suniev. Like, not very often can you see a guy with that type of size and that type of skill and the panache to score goals. And yeah. and another guy who I'm hoping will, like, you know, t- have a longer runway before he has to get into the American League because there's Parts of his game he's going to have to clean up, but you just can't. You look at that size and skill combination, and coaches love that. What do you want on the wing? Can I get a bigger winger that can score some goals for me? Yeah, there he is. Yeah, no, I agree. I love his skill. There's no doubt about it. Beautiful skater, really. Yeah, like an open ice. He's uh, he doesn't look like he's pushing himself 100, percent but he is. You know, it's just the way he skates. So love his hands. He's a little bit later for me. I went to uh, to Riley Height here. Uh, we've already talked about him. Um, you know, I just, uh, again, with <laughs> we're on a run of players here, Shane, that, you know, we can argue all day long about, you know, two two slots here, two slots there. It's Yeah, it doesn't uh, matter. It's insignificant. Yeah, you know, but again, you know, keeping with my theme of who I thought was the best player available here, I really did believe he was. Uh, his skill element, skill element is just too hard for me to overlook. And, uh, you know, when he's engaged 100%, 100%, he's really difficult to defend in small areas and off the rush. He's got he's, he's kind of unusual off the rush, but uh, creative. So um, he needs to pick his spots to play faster all the time. Uh, but hopefully he uh, figures that out. Uh, I went with the skill there. Well, I mean, and that's also there's there's junior habits that come yep. into play, you know, with all these players. And that's sometimes I think as as scouts and talent evaluators, we get to a point in the season where we kind of nitpick a little bit, um, you know, and sometimes we're our own worst enemy in that respect. So, um, you know, and I, uh, I have to yeah, I have to laugh at myself Tom, sometimes when you get into those into those situations, that's when you have to like, you know, all right, sometimes you're the problem. You know, you have to recognize yeah. this. Sometimes you're the problem, not the player. So uh, at number 39, this is where I had Ethan Goche, and you had him a few slots higher. Very much we, you know, we talked about him in that respect. I think both of us see him in very similar ways. And I just, I like his versatility. He's a little bit of a Swiss army knife for me, where you can put him in a bunch of different scenarios on the ice. And he's a guy that the coaches are going to trust. And that has value, like versatility, a bit of a Swiss Army knife. You know, he's going to been played a lot of different situations in junior, but then as he gets into the American Hockey League, his role is going to be far more defined in that respect. And I think he's a guy that coaches are going to like. You know, whoever drafts him, you're going to hear three years from now that they're American League coach. Yeah, I trust him. I like him as a young player. Like these are things that sort of I think will jump out to him uh, from that standpoint. Yeah, I agree. I've already talked about him, but he's not a guy you have to coach up, right? I think no. he's going he's gonna to figure it out. Um, I went with uh, uh, Cohen uh, Zimmer here. Um, I stayed in PG with my next pick at uh, 39. You know, 6'2", 10. Um, his stride's a little bit short, Shane. I'd like to see him work on that, uh, get a little bit more length out of his stride, which should create some more separation. 
Um, and it would be harder to defend, obviously, um, yeah. you know, off the rush and things like that. But here's another guy. And there's a lot of these guys in this draft class, I find, that are really good in small areas. The Quint Musties, the Colby Barlow's, uh, you know, Cohen here. Um, they can make plays with the puck in tight space and, and around the crease. And, you know, they can find it, then it's barred down in, in a tight area. So um, I went with him here. Uh See how it goes. Three zone detail range at the times, but I went with the offensive element. Can't teach that. Hopefully, the rest gets coached up. How much of you know? You talk about the small area game. How much do you think that's big an impact because of this this skills coaches and a lot of the players going to skills coaches in the off in in the off season skating coaches that combine skill and skating together so that you know they and they watch video and okay this is what we're gonna do and here's your game. And I can't make you into something you're not, but let's see see if we can build you in a better version of yourself. And how much of like small area game has become much more prevalent in their development as they get into junior? Because 15 years ago, nobody was talking about small area game in terms of like these young players at this age anyway. Well, they never, and even 15 years ago, there weren't very many national hockey coaches in practices that were doing small area drills and yeah. know, small area comp- compete stuff. So no, I think it's I think it's a big part of it. I think the skills coaches tell you, you know, this is where you're going to thrive. You're going to have to find this area. You already do this well, which is handle the puck and, and you can score from tight areas. Um, but now we got to get you there on time and you got to battle a little bit more. And then when you do get the puck, you already have that gifted ability. So I think it's a, a the buy in has to be there by the athlete, but certainly the coaches have, uh, have helped out. At number 40, 40, this is where I have Alexander Rykov, uh, right wing, a right shot out of Russia. And there was just too much intriguing skill with mm-hmm. him in terms of what was he going to translate into the NHL? And I thought, could he be a skilled third-line winger? Like, when you get into the playoffs, you need that that depth, and a guy can get you those timely goals. And somebody who can could potentially exploit a third pair in those situations – like, you know, like the first two pairs are tired and all of a sudden he gets out there and he's full of energy and could cause like some mismatches. And that's where I sort of, I try to find players and roles for that. And that's why I had him at 40. I just thought he could cause mismatches for some teams in the NHL. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that uh, where I'm where I'm a little bit more lukewarm on him than you are is the fact that um, I think his floor is a big unknown for me, but his ceiling would be, really good you know right so, and that's where uh, sometimes my it'll be ceiling and it'll be a floor player right yeah and, so, and it's sort of like it it goes back and forth between the, in the list like so, i can point them out which guys are floor and which guys are ceiling and so that was you know I, we could look back and this could be a great pick by you because again the ceiling is very attractive um i didn't go there just because of the floor and then the uh the russian factor was some you know some unknowns that way but uh I went to Anton Wahlberg out of uh, Sweden. You know, I just, he really impressed me down the stretch at the end of the season. Um, I think he's got middle six forward upside. So I think he's more of a three um, part-time two in a, in a pinch, but I think he's a three and, you know, at Malmo, you'd want him to see, you'd want to see him score a little bit more um, at the J 20 level for people who've ever been over there scouting that level. You'd like to see more, right. But just a shade under a point of game. I think he's a goal scorer more than a, a, a distributor. He had a really good world championships, like really good. He was involved. Um, the puck seemed to find him. He battled in the trenches. Uh, I just saw him to be such a useful player. And again, his floor compared to your guy, I thought this was a little bit higher, far yep. higher. And, uh, and I rolled out Wahlberg in the slot. 
Well, we're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. We'll come back. We'll continue to go through the second round right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, bantam, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio and our 2023 NHL Draft Preview Part 4, brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting through an integrated series of best business practices. They design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. So as Jason Bukla and I continue to count down our second round, we are now into pick number 41. Uh, this is where I went goaltender. Again, I have a few in the second round area. This is where I had Jacob Fowler from Youngstown. Much mm. about what you got, both you and Brad, give you guys credit. Thankfully, you're both goalie guys, so you helped me out. In terms of his overall upside, what I really liked about him was his playoff run. And mm-hmm. yes, he's on a very good team, but he 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 basically grabbed that team by the scruff of the neck and stood on his head when he had to. We talk about clutch saves. He made clutch saves all through the playoffs. I think he went eight and one and had a ridiculous save percentage during the playoffs. So for me, it's for goaltenders, as much as I have a hard time figuring out exactly their technical skills, the mental part of the game I can figure out. And clutch goaltending, boy, it's hard to find that. And he, like, there, I could be wrong. I may even have him a little bit too low because he may end up turning into, like, you know, a 1B goaltender for a team one day. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Father, I think his save percentage was north of 950 in playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and 
you know, there's lots to like there, lots to like. So um, the nice thing about him, I really like his crease composures. You know, he keeps between the posts, uh, fronts the puck really well. Um, surprisingly quick feet at times. Uh, I say at times because um, moving laterally sometimes his lateral push to get a little bit more extension uh, to kick a pad. Uh, but having said all that, uh, he's on the rise. So that's uh, that's a guy to keep. A, he could be a guy that we look back on again in a couple of years and, and say, wow, he might be, you know, the best goalie or at least the second best goalie coming out of this draft class. So a lot of a lot of momentum. I went here with Noah Dower Nilsson from Sweden again. Um, you know, and for Lunda at the J20 level, he played to his identity. Um, you know, 26 goals, 28 assists. Uh, his, his year end, it was curious to see him at the under-18s. Um, his ice time, for some reason, got cut back quite a bit. His role was was less than I expected to be at the uh, at the World Championships. Not sure why. Um, he's on a junior contract, Shane, which is interesting because whoever selects this player, um, without him being signed with the big team next year, there is that opportunity that this could be a player that goes in the uh, European draft, right? Right. And come over here, and his development curve might look a little bit different. Um, I considered his entire body work for his entire season. And, um, you know, I just, when he's at his best, he's scoring at a high a high rate. He's, he skates very well. He can be a threat off the rush. And I like that he rips pucks from the perimeter at even strength and on the power play. So I want Noah Dower Nilsson here. Um, I'm rooting for this kid. I think he's a real good character. At number 42, as much as I really, it's really important for me to, for defenseman to have very good skating, but I went with Lucas Dragasevich only because I thought the upside offensively was so high. And like, and this is where you get into the list where there's one guy that is ceiling and another guy is floor and they're right next to each other. And for Dragasevich, it's really ceiling because how often do you find a goal, uh, have a defenseman who can really produce that type of offense um, could potentially run a power play for you, but don't get me wrong. Like, are there concerns about his ability is movement? Of course there is. So the team that takes him is certainly going to have to be patient with that and know that he's got two years to work on it in junior and probably two more years to work on it in the American league. Then I think you have a better idea of what he, what his ceiling is going to be after, after that point. Yeah. He's a good player, though. Like he's only been playing defense for the last three years, so yeah, it's converted. He, yeah, yeah. So he's converted, and so you can see how the offense um, has probably always been there. Uh, but the mechanics to play defense at a high rate of speed—you know—you're teaching your body to do a whole bunch of new things, right? So um, he's playing out there and try. And uh, I like his—I uh, like his trajectory. I had him in the first round because his trajectory, I believe, is is untapped. So. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to argue with where you got him because uh, I already had him higher than that. So <laughs> it's all good. Um, I did stay with a defenseman, though. I went to the Barry Colts here and I selected Boaki. Um, You know, this is a kid you have to watch very closely. You know, there's some nights that you're going to want more out of him, believe it or not, for a what I consider to be a two-way transitional defenseman. He's a distributor more than a, than a shooter. As a matter of fact, I think he's got to work on his shot, especially from range. Um, but you know he does lean transitional defenseman. He has elite feet. There's some yeah. defensemen in this in this draft that are, are elite skaters. He is agile. He can close laterally. When you think a guy is going to get around him in the neutral zone, he can close on him very effectively. Um, I think that, that, he's that might be enough to push him into a like a defensive number four. In that yeah, so that's where I had him as a middle pair of D because his skating is elite. He can manage a power play and. Uh, 
more detail defensively at times. And I think that there's more to give there on offense. And I think he'll score even more uh, as he matures. So at number 43, this is where I have Kalen Lind. And once again, we sort of look at the playoffs and go, okay, what's his offensive upside? It's okay. Uh, But what I like about him is he's a pain in the ass to play against. And you get those guys in the playoffs who are just – at, look at the Florida Panthers. How many guys did they have on their roster that were absolutely a menace to play against and just wore down defense and actually physically hurt people because their willingness to torpedo themselves, do whatever it takes. Like we talk about decisions and choices. Lind is perfectly okay with like hurling his body around and do whatever he can do to help his team. And there's a mental aspect to this game that sometimes we don't always appreciate. And that. I think he's going to will himself into an opportunity with an NHL team more than anything else. I think he's just going to get it by on work ethic character and just like a little bit of craziness. He's Andrew Shaw. Like for me. Yeah. Um, when yeah. Andrew Shaw came through Owen sound before going to Chicago, he's Andrew Shaw. Like for me, I love the kid he plays like his hair is on fire. Like I can't disagree with that pick in this slider at all. I've got him a little bit later, but again, it's very close in this this area for me. I went with Danny Nelson from the U.S. program. Um, so Danny Nelson, again, uh, potential secondary scorer. I think more mid-range secondary scorer. So, you know, he's, he's going to be that definitely a second tier offensively in the National Hockey League when he gets there. But uh, big body, uh, gets in the lane on the penalty kill, uh, key face-offs, lean on opponents, uh, skating is – uh, got a little bit more to go, like maybe another 10 or 15% out of everything is explosiveness and a separation, but yeah. average plus skill, but uh, beyond that character wise and his role, as you have stated, is uh, very important come the hardest time of year. Yeah. The third line center role, you know, guy will block shots, guy will like work on a penalty kill guy who will try to match up against other forwards and where def- and where other players out. Like, I think he has, there's potential there for him to have a valuable role. At number 44, this is where I have Nick Lardis. And he's another guy where, like, you look at what's he what's he going to be? Where do you fit that type of player into an NHL team? Because you can look at what is he in the NHL, and then what is he on a playoff team? Mm-hmm. And that's where you like that third line winger can get you some, like, supplementary offensive production. Like, I think he has enough hockey sense and puck skills and shooting ability to, like, be a guy that, okay, he's a guy who can help us get some – points and match get occasionally get some matchup um against some third pairing to help you get some points in that regard so which is why i had nick lardis there i had lardis as a late first round consideration so i just think that he's one of the most uh, gifted skaters forward forward Skater. skaters yeah in, in the draft his edges are unbelievable his glides fantastic obviously went to a whole new level in hamilton at the end of the year so um, and I that was my that, balance i kind of like two three yeah. Right, and then you go, okay, what, which, what do I choose? Do I choose ceiling or floor? Right, yeah. and I, ch- and I chose floor. Yeah, no, he's uh, if he slides to this slot here, that's going to be a heck of a pick by somebody. I'll tell you because I think his value is uh, just starting to come to the to the top. Uh, I went here with Nado out of uh, Penticton, and for all the same reasons, we don't have to beat it to death anymore. I mean, we already know he's an elite offensive talent who's. Uh, He's a guy when you're playing road hockey growing up with your buddies that just keeps scoring goals and he drives you crazy and everybody <laughs> goes, everybody takes their net home at the end of the day because they can't take it anymore. He's one of those guys and uh, and he's he projects to be a top uh, top six potential score 
let's call him a three at even strength, but he'll roll out on your first power play unit, I think, and do some great things. We're going to take a quick break on Hockey Prospect Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio and our 2023 NHL Draft Preview Part 4 brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting through an integrated series of best business practices. They design solutions for both hockey operations and business operations. It's myself and Jason Bukla counting down our second round list. We are now at number 45. And this is where I had a goaltender that you had discussed previously in Carson Bjarnason. Honestly, the separation between where we had them is minuscule. Um, so, you know, we both talked about him. The thing that jumped out to me, and it was funny you had said it when you had that interview with with you and Sammy, is I had a chat with him at the Combine as well. And it just reiterated exactly what I thought about him. Is like he's an astute kid, great personality, like Learn a bit high learnability, wants to get better, positive attitude. Um, and that matters for a goalie. Like, I, I don't sour goalies just for me, they kill me when I was a defenseman. Like, stop moping about stuff because it's not always going to go your way. Like, that's why I like the Grant Fears of the world, just happy go lucky. Oh, that was on me, 
you know, even though it wasn't on me, it was usually probably on me, the defenseman. So that's <laughs> what like I, I'll bet on guys who are have a little bit of that Craig Conroy kind of personality. Yeah. Because, yeah. because that's an injection, like no, not only for themselves, but the rest of the group as well, especially your decor, because, you know, your decor is going to screw up in front of you once in a while. Yeah, no, he's a really positive personality, and I think that's going to transition well to uh, to the NHL in terms of in time, in terms of uh, being able to shake off a bad day because there's a lot of bad days, as we yeah. all know, and uh, and that's important. I went with Etienne Morin here from uh, for your back door there in Moncton, and you know his element was too much for me to ignore in this slot here. I think he's an effortless skater. You know, distributor. That actually, part of me, like he scored over twenty goals. Like he did a lot of great things offensively. Um, I like that he can walk the blue line, make some plays, got some deception there. You know, he's equal parts. Really, I guess the argument could be made: he's equal parts a threat to shoot it or or make a play. You know, to somewhere else uh, in the offensive zone. So, some defending concerns. I mean, we're getting to that part, Shane, where we're going to start talking about some warts, right? And there are some defending concerns, and he's going to have to clean up his. Uh, his timing and his containment down low, especially below the hash marks. Um, and I need to see a little bit more second puck battle on him. But um, those are things that can get coached up. What you can't teach is the way he skates, the way he thinks the game offensively. I went with skill, and that's why I drafted him here. Or yeah, him here. yeah I'm, I'm actually only a couple spots uh, below you in that respect. And I caught him in a, in a game in the playoffs where there's a lot of chaos to the side of the net and he grabbed the puck and just sort of backed up and just sort of like slowly slid back and gave himself some time and space and found his option. And then this team was in transition and the, you know, five players were still in chaos. And I just looked at it and go, that's an NHL play. Like just to have that wherewithal to be able to do that under that type of pressure, like he's a thinker and I'll bet on thinkers and look, he, he plays in the queue and the queue is not exactly the most structured league in the world. It's not the most defensive, you know, defensive league in the world. So, you know, junior defense, you know, habits are going to creep in when it comes to defensemen in that league sometimes. So those are things that if you understand, it's okay because you know, those, like, as you mentioned, you can coach those up. So I think that's uh, a really interesting point in hockey sense, boy, the, the kids got it. So, at number 46, this is where I have um, Lenny um, Hamineo, the right shot, right shot, right winger, big body, thin. Um, what I like about him as well is you think about, I think about the playoffs and what do you need? You need some big bodied third line wingers to go up and down, north, south, go dig out pucks, go do dirty work, go bang some bodies, get on the four check, get into greasy areas, go to the net wear down defensemen, be responsible defensively. To me, that's uh-huh. what he is. Yeah, well, he's uh he's a role player. I've got him uh, later on, you know, uh, you know, full the we'll get to some of these guys that I have later on, but for all the reasons you just suggested, I mean, you know, he's going to play a role. He's going to he's going to open up some space for people around him and I think he's going to be trusted in in and the majority of his scenarios that the coach wants him to play in, right? So he's not a guy that's going to look down and say I need a big goal at the most uh, pressing time of the game. But at the same time, he's going to take a check in the defensive zone to spill it out to the neutral zone, protecting a one goal lead. So there's some really good, uh, some really good uh, trajectory there. Um, I like the kid. uh, So I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you there again. 
you know, we're blessed, aren't we? Because uh, I, I can't, I can't say it enough. We're, we're splitting hairs on a lot of players here in this, in this area. So having said that, I went with a guy that I thought that might have a ceiling that uh, similar to uh, uh, your Sunni of uh, discussion earlier. Um, I went with Nico Mejitovic out of uh, Seattle, 30 goal guy there playing for the Thunderbirds. I know they were a good team. They were a wagon, obviously. Um, you know, some things that stand out to me, um, he's, he, he's, he gets after it, right? Like he's, he wants the puck. He wants to score goals. He wants to produce offense. Um, he knows the game. Like he's, he's responsible enough in all three zones. He thinks it fine. Um, but what's holding me back from, from liking him more at this point is uh, I think his skating has got a ways to go. So I think his explosiveness and separation and his agility, all three categories um, have to come. So um, if he works on that and gets uh, to be average, average plus, I call it average plus, let's say, um, compared to his peer group, he'll be fine and he should be able to play to his identity. But I do believe that that identity is secondary score at the NHL level. At 47, this is where I had Antian Moran, like a couple spots different from you for many of the same reasons. Obviously, we talked about in terms of, you know, his hockey sense and offensive ability. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that because I'm really interested to talk about who you have at 47. So let's talk about this more in length because I'm intrigued. And I sent you a text when I saw you had him and where I had him. And I had a specific explanation of this could work out for me or it may not work out for me. I have Quentin Musty at 47. I've done everything in my power to try and wrap my brain around uh, what I really like about him and what my concerns are. And um, so his season was literally, in my opinion, um, a tale of, first half, second half, like when they made the coaching change in Sudbury, for whatever reason, um, when Derek McKenzie went in and offered up some new systems, some new strategies, some new kind of uh, a new approach or a different type of pro approach. I think it really benefited uh, Musty. I think he went to a more um, uh, reliable level in his game, if you will. What do you like? I like his size. He's a six foot two guy. He's 200 pounds. We talk about small area puck skill. Yes. You know, there's no, no question. He can corral a puck in between the dots and the offensive zone, get it away quickly. Um, but the thing that, that came a long way in the second half is playmaking came a long way. He started making plays through and around people. And of course, long reach happens to be a big factor there as well. Um, but there was also several nights, Shane, his compete level needed to be at a different level for me, his detail, his push, uh, his consistent three three zone push had to go to a different level. And um, he identifies himself as a leader. He's part of the leadership group there in Sudbury. I don't discount that he could be a leader in time, maybe as a pro. But there were also some nights that uh, I felt that uh, his lead by example could have been better. This is either a home run or it's, geez, uh, we're not too sure. Right. And that's where I am. Like, that's what I said. When I texted you, I'm either going to like look like a genius or get a swift kick right between the crotch. So it's one, <laughs> one or the other, man. So at number 48, this is where I have Alex Cernick, just because I think he has some versatility in his game. He has some hockey sense, some puck skills, some scoring ability. Like uh, when I'm in this range, it's really about, is there a, he, can he play a role on a third line on an NHL team? And, you know, you need to have on that third line, you need to have some guys who have some offensive ability that, you know, are not quite good enough to play against first and second pairing D, but can play against some second pairing D for a bit and then play against third pairing and get some points. So that's where I thought Cerna could sort of fit in that role. He could play either side, left or right. So he has some versatility in that. And I'm, I'm hoping to see that he, you know, continues to play in Europe because he's not the biggest kid 
yet. He needs some, he's got to fill out. He needs some time. He needs at least three years before he comes over. I agree with that. And I think that that uh, time will, will be, will really benefit him physically. Um, I, I like your, I like your pick there because his floor is solid, right? Like, you know, you feel like, and kids that are coming out of Czechia and Slovakia, those areas, I'm going to tell you, they are playing hard. Like those kids yeah. are playing hard and, and they're, they're going to give you all they got. So that that's, that makes sense to me. Um, I've got Carson Rakoff here from the uh, Kitchener Rangers. And I feel like I should just uh, recite the quick musty thing all over again because uh, he's very similar, right? 6'2", 195, um, 30 goal scorer in the Ontario League. I really thought that on several nights that I could get more out of this guy. His best shift is elite, especially off the rush. He's got the length that he can beat players in the middle of the ice, uh, gain the edge, have the long reach where the puck is way out and the guy can't get to him. Um, so his best shift is really, really good. The problem is that uh, there are some nights that, you know, you're looking for more best shifts. I can't put it to any, any other way than that. So um, I like the element ups. The offensive upside is an element. Uh, the compete's got to come. Um, separation, explosiveness, all that other stuff. I need another 10% there, but I kind of feel like it's more effort-based than uh, mechanics. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back on hour two right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's your hosts, Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. 
This is hour two of our 2023 NHL draft preview part four and junior prospect hockey league, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student athletes looking to take their game and studies to another level at juniorprospecthockeyleague.com. This is Jason Bukula and myself, Shane Malloy, as we count down our second round, we are now at number 49 and this is where I have Caden Price, defenseman from the Kelowna Rockets. And one of the things I noticed about Kelowna is they overplay their top 4D a lot. So by the end of the year, a lot of their D are running out of gas. So I always have to be conscious of like not to overtly be overtly critical with them because they really like to push their top 4D. And I thought he's a Caden Price was a player that I could project as kind of like a 5-6 for a team. Nothing like more of a meat potatoes, but like smart first outlet pass. Cause generally your first like option is your best option as a defenseman and he'll compete skates well enough, good enough puck skills and can, can kill some penalties at the NHL level, but not enough for me to push him any higher than probably five, but he could be in that five, six range for me. Yep. I don't disagree with that. He, he moves really well. Um, you know, he just doesn't have that elite offensive element that says that he's going to be a top four pairing, even as an, in a complimentary role for me yeah. um, uh, on projection at the NHL. But he did really well at the end of the year. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, and, and it, it's, it's interesting. Something that people should be aware of, you brought it up, an interesting point, and that is sometimes kids get overplayed or they, they get, you know, north of, call it 23, 24 minutes, and they really should be 18 or 19. Well, in those three or four minutes, don't create a bias, those three or four extra minutes. Don't create a bias because those shifts right there is when we're running out of gas. And, you know, they might make a, a mental blunder, but fatigue creates mistakes. That's just the reality of uh, yeah. human nature. So you got to be careful. Um, having said all that, I, uh, I've i got a guy in here that's got a lot of momentum coming out of the draft. And and he's kind of Nick Lardis-like, to be honest with you. And that's right. Oscar Fisker Mulgard. Um, you know, plays at HB 71 there in Sweden, uh, six foot, 166 pounder. He's a motion player, Shane. Like this is a guy that, um, you know, there's not a lot of bump and grind. He's not going to work the wall. He's always in motion, but he's calculating. Like he can create turnovers. Um, and when he played with the men at HB, he got some power play time. And let me tell you what, not only is a skating capable, but he's a really quick thinker with the puck on his stick. Like, it's, it's he, on, he's a dangerous skater. I think he is, he's really, really good. So um, I just think that his ceiling could be really good, really high, higher than people recognize. Uh, I've got him slotted here for a variety of reasons, uh, but skating and thinking the game quicker, the top two. Yeah. I cannot disagree with that. I had him a little bit lower, but I totally understand where that is. Uh, number 50. Um, this is where my run of defensemen start coming in. And Tristan Bertucci, out of Flint and in and, and some of the similar situations as Caden Price, I just there's not enough offensive upside and puck moving ability for me to have him into a top four. So that's where you kind of get that five six. And yeah. why I say five six is it really depends the environment he's going into, which team selects him, and then how much time he spends in the American League, and then what style they play is where he's gonna fit into that respect. But those sometimes you know, we hear these things like, oh, he, this guy's just a, a fifth or sixth defenseman. He's a replacement level player. I'm like, but when you draft those players, the advantage for me is I don't have to go on free agency and pay twice as much to get them. Like, how many times do we see at the trade deadline, what did teams covet? Gee, depth defenseman that can play five and six holes. 
mm-hmm. like all day long. And then the pinch can be a play four if there's an injury. So that's where I have sort of Tristan Bertucci. I look at that kind of that value. Um, because I think sometimes those guys get undervalued in terms of what they bring to the, into an organization. Yeah. I don't disagree there either. It's uh, he's uh, he doesn't have an offensive, you know, lead offensive element and that's what held me back. But you love to have these guys on your roster. They're gamers. They care. They work for their teammates. Uh, you know what you're getting. Kill balance. And, 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 you know, they play to an identity. So, you know, yeah. when you put the board, when you, when you drop your lineup on the board, you you put his name up, you know what you're going to get from him. So um, I understand why you had him here. I, I went uh, to Suniev, who you had a lot earlier. Um, man, big rig, 6'2", 192. I love the offense. I think he's more of a goal scorer forever than a playmaker, but it's not that he doesn't have playmaking ability. He's got great bits. Like, he really does. Yeah. Um, pucks find him in the hard areas. He's elusive off the rush. In a, it's you know it, He doesn't look like he's a burner, but he gets on the other side of a defender, and because he's so big and strong, they can't get the puck off him when he's going to the net. So uh, there's a lot to like offensively there. Hey, does he have some holes in his game defensively? Absolutely. Does he have some off-the-puck effort that he could be better at? Absolutely. But his, uh, his element and the fact that he's going to college, which is going to make him play with more detail, uh, I've got him at number 50. At number fifty-one, this is where I had a I had a player that you had a few spots ahead of ahead of me and Bo Aki out of Barry for many of the same reasons. And it's funny because I have a bit of a run of defenseman here, and it wasn't by design. Well, I guess it was sort of by design because that's in my system. So, but it just sort of worked out that way where these five six defensemen kind of get clustered a little bit. Um, and so that's where I have like, and Bo might be able to get ahead of that. He could be a four for mm-hmm. me, and and could end up like okay, like. There's some additional upside there that just hasn't quite been realized for me yet. Um, so I put him in a more of a safe, like sort of a floor area for him in that respect, so which is why I had him at, at 51. But I liked him for many of the same reasons why you liked him as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I know it's going to be interesting to see his trajectory. Um, I went here at uh, 51 with uh, Matthew Catafort from the Halifax Mooseheads. Um Lots to like about him skill-wise. His catch and release is, is very good. Like, he's got real good uh, puck skill. Um, I believe that he's plenty strong. Here's here's a kid that I, I really do believe uh, for his stature, his core strength is really – it's in place already. <clears throat> but his skating uh, – got to get a little bit more out of his skating for the pro game in time. Um, his open ice separation has more room to develop. Um you know, he's used in all situations in junior, but honestly, Shane, this isn't a guy that I think projects as a penalty killer in the NHL. No, he doesn't I agree. He, he doesn't look like he has a mental makeup for that. Mostly a motion player. I like the element offensively. He rounds out his detail. He's got a chance. Maybe he's a three F that slides into PP two. Um, we'll see in time. Yeah, no, and I completely understand from that standpoint. Now at number fifty two. Very similar to, you know, where I put Musty in my first round. This is a player could either, it'll work out for me, or I had him way too low. And that's Oliver Bonk. Is because there's things about, I clearly like his game. And it was, do I choose between ceiling or floor? And I decided to choose floor. And that was, he was a part of that run of defensemen where if he hits, there's a three, four there. If not, then it's more of a four or five. And so that's where I'm going to be chewing on my fingernails for the next three years, four years to see how that plays out. And I may have to redefine how I like watched him that this year uh, specifically. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you've got two guys that are outliers on my list comparatively, and that's Dragosevich and Bonk. And and the same thoughts, the way you describe Bonk, like I've had those thoughts. I've had all the same thoughts. <laughs> uh, but he's uh, he's solidified his role in the first round for me. Um, you know, his, his, his approach, he's just a pro. Like his approach, his preparation, the way he consistently shows up to play a certain brand of hockey each and every night. I don't believe him, or I don't believe he's going to score a lot in the NHL. Um, so that that kind of held me back a little bit, but I still went with it that his ceiling is going to be one of those guys that, as you say, a trade deadline, people overpay for these guys all the time. And the fact that he's a right shot. So um, I had Bonk way earlier. But Kalen Lind, I have 52 here. We've already described Kalen Lind. Um, listen, uh, he's he's got a little bit of Darcy Tucker, Andrew Shaw. He's got all these guys in He's a rat in the 2023 draft. It's a good thing to have a rat in the draft. Uh, 100%. And, you know, uh, we'll see where he goes. Love his energy, love his compete, love his care. And I'll tell you, he looks like a guy that just throws face in front of a shot with the game online if he had to. The only concern I have with him is when you have a player like that, which you really appreciate, it's injury. You know, when you throw your body around at that level um, and that carelessness, and I do say carelessness, you can get yourself to, like there's a point where he gets into that you know mid twenties to twenty eight and he's pretty broken down, and yeah. that's that's a concern. So there's some longevity durability issues um, from that standpoint, which is always you know you got to weigh that in there, which is why you know you know I thought about that for a long time in that respect. But you love him as a player because you know he's a throwback from that respect. Oh. So. I'll I'll take those guys any day of the week. So Jason and I are going to take a short break. Stay tuned. We'll get into segment six right after these important messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but all together they're undeniable. Introducing huddle instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every huddle product you rely on to create an all in one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. 
Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We are back on Hockey Prospect Radio, our 2023 NHL Draft Preview Show, Part 4, brought to you by Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's news newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. As Jason Buchel and I continue to count down our second round from 33 to 64, uh, we are now at number 53, and this is where I have defensemen from the U.S. National Development Program that you and I actually talked about on the show and Drew Fortescu Ooh. in much of the similar ways that we talked about Caden Price and Tristan Bertucci, uh, Bertucci and Boaki and I just think he's one of those guys that could be a really good 5-6 for a team for a long time. You could get 8-10 to 10 years out of him as a pro. And a guy that is just dependable in a lot of different areas. Just like a meat and potato, steady Eddie, a guy you can throw out. And the coach is like, okay, we got to settle things down. This is getting ridiculous. You guys are scrambling all over the place. Let's just simplify the game for like a couple, for a shift and get everybody back onto what we need them to do. He's that kind of guy, you know, goaltenders will love him because he just takes care of business. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's reliable. Um, Flies under the radar a little bit, uh, as do some of those other defensemen at the at the U.S. national team development program. Um, I see it. He, he he moves well. I love his brain. I love his compete. Does a lot of little things in the game that people to, to the naked eye you're not going to appreciate it. But if you just wanted to zero in on him for a full sixty minutes, um, that would be real good value. Uh, in the second round, at some point, I've got him a little bit later, but I completely understand why. Uh, you drafted or you slotted him here. Um, I went to the uh, the Chicago Steel and I went to Jaden Perron here. And uh, you know, at five nine, a buck sixty six. Uh, you know, undersized guy, but the ceiling, Shane. Um, similar. We're having these conversations, yep. right? Floor and ceiling. I'm lukewarm on the floor. I'm not gonna. De- I can't. I cannot deny it. I, I don't know about. Yep. I don't know about the floor. Um, you know, he could be a recall forward or he could be a thirteen. F or he could be sneaking into your top six. I don't know what's going to happen, but all I do know is that he's got great puck skill. He can be elusive. Um, he's quick, you know, uh, out of the gate. Um, I'd like to see him a little bit more. It's, it's interesting. He's one of those guys that's quick out of the gate. That's where he separates. But then there's his, no sustaining. Like his, yeah, yeah. He, he needs to sustain that a little bit better. So, um, don't expect him to penalty kill. Don't expect him in key defensive situations, but do look for him if he hits on all his marks to score some big goals at uh, at timely times in the season. Yeah. At um, next up, I have at fifty four. I have Anton Wahlberg. In yeah. in a lot of the same reasons, we're not too far apart from each other. In retrospect, this could be a one where I may have had him too low, and probably should have slotted him ten spots higher. Uh, in in that respect, so I. I understand that value. And the other thing, because he's a center, 
normally I always have centers obviously, you know, weighted heavily because of, you know, the, that natural value of that position. So this is one where I looked at when it, when the list pumped out and I looked at him like, Hmm, you know, what did I, what did I grade him on and certain things to get him to that spot? So I may look back in a couple of years and I may have graded him too low on a few attributes that put him probably 10 spots too low. Cause he, he could be a quality forward for you. Could be, uh, you could be, uh, yeah. I mean, but all those other guys that are around him, I think that we're talking about the same thing, like same yeah. language. So, um, you know, there's, there's no shame in, in this slot for him. Um, I went uh, back to Sweden. Th this draft, by the way, I have to go on record. Uh, this is a real good draft for Team Sweden and the, yeah. the Swedish program. They got a lot of players in the top two rounds, in my estimation. So, um, Felix Ungersorum, uh, this kid's interesting for me. Um, you know, at the J20 level, uh, point of game guy, absolutely leans playmaker more than shooter. Um, really competes, had a great under 18 uh, worlds at the end of the year, was used in all situations, had like 10 points, uh, a couple of goals, eight assists, whatever. And, um, you know, limited on the penalty kill. When I say all situations, it was a taste. It wasn't a, it wasn't a rule. So it's not something that I would say is a trend for him. Um, but uh, even strength and power play for sure. Momentum player competes and September 14th birthday. Ask right. yourself the question. If this kid's born two days later, where are we talking about him a year from now with his right. development curve? I factor that in. He's, another he's, could potentially another round higher. He could be a round higher and a whole year, whole another year in development if he was a late, uh, but he's right on the cusp of just making the cutoff for this draft. So he's very young for the draft class. At number 55, this is why I have William Whitelaw from Chicago USHL. Short, right-shotted centerman, but built like a fire hydrant. He's like, and he's not even super heavy yet, but he's just, he's one of those kids that's wide. Um, shoot first, um, which is unique for centermen. There are some centermen that can excel at being more of a shoot first, but can make some play, has playmaking ability. Uh, I think he was a 30-30 this year, 30 goals, 30 assists. Uh, very hard to do to produce points at the, in, you know, at the USHL level. Um, there's some things about him that he's going to certainly have to clean up in his game, and we'll see how that's going to trend in college from that respect because um, that's what, one of the reasons why I had him there is like there was some ceiling there that was intriguing, but then there were some floor things that came up and go, mm, you know, if this doesn't work out, then – He's a guy that could end up put up a lot of points in the American League for you, and then maybe be a call, right. right? Yeah, no, I hear exactly what you're saying. Like, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Like, that's that's what it's going to be with him. It's going to be, I feel like it's going to be one or the other. You know, we've seen a lot of these guys come through. Um, we'll see where it goes, but uh, he's fun to watch. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent fun to watch. Um, in this slot here, I went to uh, Finland and Pelicans uh, and the. Finnish national team with uh, Jesse Kiskinen. Um, again, I'm a little bit, I'm not going to say that I'm jumping over the moon about this slot, um, but the, the the identity that he plays with gives me, again, I keep referring back to floor, but it gives me some pause, right? So he skates really well, he competes hard, and he plays with, uh, you know, mostly, mostly good detail. So um, I really think that... Um, you know, with some offensive in the, he, he dusts the offense in there. He's like 43 points, I think, in 31 games at the U18 level in Finland. Trust me, that's not elite. Like, that's just not elite yeah. for that level. Yeah. But 
He does a lot of uh, of things well in motion. Um, what good he skater. needs to do, very good skater. skater. But what he yeah. needs to do next, Shane, is he needs to get a little bit of bump and tenacity on the body because uh, yeah. he doesn't do enough of that consistently. Well, funny enough, we actually match on our fifty six, wow. and that's and that doesn't that usually happens once a draft, and that's Martin Sturback. Yeah. For me, it's really is like he's a guy that I would want on my third pair. He's going to kill penalties. He's going to take, he's going to block shots. He's going to take hits to make plays. He's going to battle down low in front of the net. He's going to try to break up cycle. He's going to be, do all those greasy, dirty things that your wingers like because he's going to get the puck out to you. And the goaltender is going to love him because he's going to battle in front of him and do whatever it takes. And I thought his play at the U18s um, and the U20s really sort of like amongst his peer group, I'm like, that's a gamer doesn't have all the skills that you would want, but the kid's a gamer and I'll take a gamer on my defense core in the, in the bottom pair. Well, his U 20 was really good. I mean, yeah. he played heavy, heavy minutes for team Slovakia. Uh, his USHL was, uh, was probably out of the three uh, categories of viewings. His USHL was probably the, the least uh, consistent. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, everything you just said, um, he ended the year giving me more, more confidence again in his game, um, two AD, uh, can close on people, shut down plays on the perimeter, kill plays on zone entries. Um, I don't know what he's going to do offensively, but I really think that he's going to identify as a two way guy worker makes a first pass. That's responsible. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. Let's move on from there. You'll love him. Yeah. It's, it's honest. Interesting, because I had a conversation with Tony Gasparini, who's now the GM in, in Sioux Falls, longtime scout for the LA Kings, and had worked in the USHL prior to that, um, about him in terms of like, so we had an interesting conversation about projecting him forward. And he goes, well, I think there's, I think his passing game is just subtle. And if he make, keeps it simple, what's your first option? Yeah. That's going to be your best option. Like, mm-hmm. don't fool around, just move it, right? To someone else who's going to move it better than you and that's okay he like i think he said to me he goes i think this player understands his strengths and what is what he is as a player and what his limitations are so to me that i like players who are self-aware particularly at a younger age because that's sometimes hard to come by from that respect but jason and i are going to take a short break stay tuned for segment seven right after these important messages every play every stat every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is Hockey Prospect Radio on our 2023 NHL Draft Preview Part 4 and Outside Edge Hockey Player Development on and off ice train features KPI-based conditioning programs at outsideedge.ca. It's Jason Buchel and myself, Shane Malloy, as we count down our second round. So we're now at number 57. This is where I have Jaden Perron. And it was really is... Okay, here's the ceiling. If he hits it, God, he's going to look great as a late second-round pick. Like, he's going to look great. Um, very much and similar to, like, guys that have gone late in the second round. You know, certain players are picked by Chicago that went to the second round and, like, blew up, and everybody, like, always oh, a small player. But there's the drawback. Like, he could end up being a great American League player and be a number one player there and put up 80, 90 points a year for a decade. So that's that was the balance between the ceiling and floor, and I had that's why I had to. I th- I think he has the capability of playing two hundred games, but it could be a guy who gets in there a little bit later in his career. He might not be there at twenty two, but he could be there at twenty four. Might be a draft plus six guy that may take a little bit longer to get there and find a team that actually where he can fits he fits into that mold. I think environment in the team is going to be really critical to his his success. Yeah, no, that's that's an important statement because uh, smaller skill guys that have some other holes in the game, uh, they have to be thrust into a trustworthy situation with a team. Like the coach and the organization have to trust his ability to do what he does well and accept some of the things that he doesn't do as well. They already know that, and they know that going in, and then he gets an opportunity. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what his trajectory looks like. I went in the slot with Wilson uh, Petrie from, uh, from Flint. He's uh, he's interesting to me, Shane. I got I got to tell you, like I really like his skating. He's explosive. He separates in open ice. He's agile. Where I'm a little bit perplexed is I don't know that he's got natural ability with the uh, the puck on his stick. I think that his production comes from effort. Like he's an effort player that produces offense. And there's a difference because some guys get away with less effort but pure finesse and they yeah. score a ton or they do a lot of things and they leave you wanting more effort. I never question this kid's effort. I think it's there. I think that he has the ability to play a variety of roles in the lineup. Uh, I'm hoping for some secondary scoring at the pro level in time. I think he does have middle six forward upside. So um, 
you know, I think that uh, I think he's useful, and we'll we'll see where it goes. You know, when I saw him, it was kind of because he's such an excellent skater. You know, like Mike McLeod. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. he's got the skating ability to create opportunities, but doesn't always finish these opportunities. And then what happens at the NHL level? There's a role for him at the NHL level because of his skating ability. And if you can kind of like focus his game in certain areas, like let's simplify your offensive game. Let's simplify your defensive game in terms of you're the guy that we need on back pressure. So you allow our D-man to step up because they know that you're coming in with your hair on fire and you're coming to get the puck or the body. Right. And that freaks out forwards when they have somebody like that coming behind him. Right. Cause then they're running out of time. They're running out of runway. So that's why I agree with you on that. It's just about how can you like simplify his game to best fit his best skill sets and find a role for him at the NHL level. So from that standpoint, Um, at at number 58, uh, this is where I had a similar play. You had a little bit higher in Cohen Zemer for many of the same reasons. So I think once you're in a like when you're in the second round for any of the listeners who don't, um, you know, don't listen to the show often, or you don't get to talk about rankings a lot, 10 spots, 12 spots in a second round. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Don't worry about it. Like it's so, so tight. It doesn't really matter from that standpoint. So I like Cohen Zemer for many of the same reasons that you did. So we don't have to like, you know, talk too much about him from that respect. So I'd like to know who you had at 58. I had uh, Hunter Brustowitz from uh, the Kitchener Rangers. Um, it's interesting, you know, like, they're 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 different, but on any ship they kind of look the same. And, and there's some Lucas Dragasevich in them. Like there's like right. you know there's some of that in there. He's not as elite offensively as Lucas is, and that's what holds him back. And that's why he is where he is. Um, this is a guy that played heavy minutes in Kitchener. You know, in all situations. Um, you know, he competes. He's an above average skater. He's got a compact frame. Talk about a guy that's built like a fire hydrant. That's that's this guy. Um, but his detail ranges, Shane, and you have to kind of, you know, peel back the onion a bit and say to yourself, well, would less be more? I mean, ice time or situations, would it right. be more? Um, my one thing that was uh, an outlier that I kept coming back to on too many viewings was his the way he identifies to join the rush late as an extra layer and remain in the zone, not to exit when the team doesn't have complete control. Right. So his zone exits as a defenseman when he joined was – they weren't as timely as they needed to be. And then you end up chasing the play going back defensively. And um, there's lots to like, we'll see how it all goes. You just got to play with more detail. Uh, I had him here in this, uh, in this slot. At number 59, this is where I had Easton Cowan from the London Knights. And we talk about a guy who has, he doesn't do anything great except effort. Like there's a lot of effort in his game. Um, He does a lot of good things. He's kind of like, you know, like, you watch him play. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, I can see what he does. There's a lot of good things. He's a guy to me that fits on a third line in an NHL team. Like, I just think he's like the quintessential third line center or third line winger, wherever he happens, because he has some versatility. But he's a guy that I think a coaching staff trusts in a lot of different situations. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. He may not create enough like against NHL defensemen enough offense to have him obviously I think on a second line but on a third line I think he can do that but he's very detail oriented for a younger player I do appreciate that about his game and longer like the more he got into through the playoffs um, I more appreciated his game from that standpoint so I think he'll play over 200 games in the NHL like he's on my list for that Um, I just I see him as a third line player in the NHL 
I think that's a fair assessment. I think that he could be a spot to just to fill in for some injuries or some situations. The reason I say that is I think there could be some streakiness to him offensively, depending on, you know, the feel of it. Um, But whose line mates are and whose line mates are. uh, But this is the kind of guy just to paint the picture that you can take on the road. And if he's a three and he gets matched up against the two on the other side, He's gonna he's gonna be involved the whole time. He's not gonna yeah. cut corners. He he yeah. cares, and he earned Dale Hunter's trust in London. And in the back half of the season, he was significantly on the rise. And uh, you know, good on the kid. He's put in the work. He's he's playing with more detail. He'll score more in the OHL next year. But to your point, we'll see what happens at the NHL level. Um, I have a fifty nine from the U.S. national team. This kid really had a great U eighteen tournament. It was uh, Aram. Um, I, I hope I don't butcher his name. I call him Manitian. I don't know if it's Minitian, and I apologize one way or the other. Um, but this was a glue guy for them, boy. Like he, so at the beginning of the year, he teased me. I thought, geez, this kid might have some offensive upside because he was always active, you know, like he was active yeah. in the offensive zone, good feet, all that kind of stuff. But then I started to see that he was picking his spots not great. Like he was overplaying his hand. Um, finally, at the end of the year, the exact opposite. He blocked shots. He closed, he gapped up, used his feet, and he was physical. This at number 60, this is where I have Quentin Burns. And Mm -hmm. there's a throwback defensive defenseman who's just plain old mean. He is a junkyard dog defenseman, and every team wants wants one, and everyone needs one. And I know everybody gets all excited about the transitional puck moving, skating with the puck defenseman, but let's look at the playoffs. Do you want Radko Gudis on your defense core as the number six? Yes, sir. Give me a heaping f- spoonful of that. And that's what Quentin Burns is to me, is you got to have some guys who ha- are just going to like punch you in the face and then go, and you're going to say, and he's going to say to you, what are you going to do about it? And then he's going to punch you in the face again. That's the kind of guy I like this kind of defenseman on my team. I love Quentin Burns' approach. Like, if you drafted Kalen Lind and Quentin Burns in the same draft class on your team and you rolled them out down the road on your roster, that would be just kind of, that'd be entertainment is what it would be. Uh, yeah, no, he's, uh, you know, he's not as heavy as Radko, obviously. Uh, he's a little bit different, but boy, oh boy, I think he had over a hundred PIMS this year, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Like, oh yeah. He's- I talked to him at the, at the combine. He, he's, he's got a good sense of humor, but he's like, he yep. You know, when they're, when they're out there, like you're the enemy and that's just the way it is. He doesn't go away. <laughs> he just doesn't go away. He's fun. I mean, it's it's great. No, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, I went to your guy, Lenny Hammy Naho here um, at number 60. Uh, we've already talked about him. Um, you know, there's there's just there's some understated things in his game. The one thing that stands out for me, Shane, we, we can't let it go, is like to play the game on the NHL ice and in North America, he does need to get quicker and faster. There's yep. no question about that. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But uh, – you know, there's there's times in games where you, you can see with his mitts and his ability to score from range that he could uh, create some offense. 100%. We're going to take a quick break on Hockey Prospect Radio. Stay tuned for our last segment right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. 
Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is our final segment of our 2023 NHL Draft Preview Part 4 and the entire show. So if you missed any of them, you can always catch them on podcast or on the SXM app. Uh, brought to you by Outside Edge Hockey Player Development. As Jason Buchla and I just get down the last four players on our second round list. At number 61, this is where I had Oscar Molsard, who you had a little bit higher. Uh, we don't have to go into a lot of detail, but that is like a lot of the same reasons. You know, a 10 spot difference between that is not a big deal. And it was really, I was kind of like mulling over floor and ceiling. In retrospect, I could have had him at 51, to be honest. And right. I, it probably wouldn't have made that much a difference on my list, to be honest. So, um, and I think he has some upside as like a third line, fourth line player in the NHL. Like, I just, I think he's a guy who's a plug and play kind of a guy. And it's just dependable. And like, he just doesn't, he's another guy. Like, you look at floor, not a lot of mistakes. Right. Yeah. And I like those. You need some safety back there. You fill out your lineup with those guys. Not everybody can make seven, eight million dollars a year, 11, 12 million dollars a year. You need these guys. And and that's a good player to to target for those types of roles. Dependable guy. Doesn't have to be coached up. I went with Kerry Terrence here, Shane. Um, you know, from the Erie Otters, uh, finished the year with the U.S. National Team Development Program at the World Championships. Uh, leans goal scorer more than uh, the distributor. And I think a lot of that is just because, again, we're talking about a speed player, right? He's yeah. a really good skater. Um, you know, he slid right into the top six with the U.S. team at the Worlds. Um, you know, he, he's 
he's a movement guy. Like I, he's got a good stick. He handles a puck well. Lean shooter, more than a distributor. Um, he does have some understated vision in the offensive zone, though. If you watch him closely enough, it's not like he's not trying to make plays or not seeing the ice. So, um, I don't know. He just he's a noticeable guy with offensive upside, and I think he can slide into uh, the middle of the lineup uh, on projection. Um, we'll just have to see him round out the rest of his detail as he matures. At number 62, this is where it's like upside, and there was floor, and I debated about this player, and Roman uh, Kastronov, the the Russian um, left winger. So that was the other thing, too, is like I looked at his game, and I'm like, and it was difficult because we don't get to see these guys live this year. So I'm doing everything off film, um, which is a challenge because there's some gaping holes, obviously, in terms of what you're viewing. But I thought he he just had his hockey sense, ability – like puck skills, there was some upside there that, you know, if you're late in the second round, this is for teams who have multiple second round picks. Like for me, that's one of, that's the kind of guy you would take. If you had two or three picks in the second round, you got some, like a second round pick late because you traded away, then you're like, okay, let's swing for the fences. Cause if he hits, it's a dinger. And if it doesn't, well, maybe he comes in, he plays a year or two with this and goes back to Russia. We get a little bit of value out of him or we can trade him off to another team. So that's where I sort of ha- why I had him there at 62. I was really looking at some asset value there. You know, it's, it's interesting because you just positioned it really well. If somebody has multiple picks, then it, it makes more sense. If they don't, it doesn't make sense for me personally. Right. Um, in this slot, there's some other guys. But that's that's a real good strategic type of thought that people have to understand when they, when if you see a team, your favorite team go off the board or, or not draft the player you thought should be slotted there. Understand there's a strategy exactly the way you described that. And that is, we've had multiple picks. Let's take a swing at this guy. Like Barry Trotz is on record with the Nashville staff going into this draft. Let's take a swing. Let's take more risk. Yeah. And uh, you might fail, but you might hit a home run. Like you said, I went with uh Yarventi, Emil Yarventi from uh, Finland here. Uh, again, uh, here's a risk reward guy, right? So, right. you know, he, he plays light, he's got skill. He's, uh, I call him undersized. I, I, maybe that's not fair. He's more light than undersized. Um, but you know, I'm looking, he's teasing me with the look of a guy that can produce a lot more offense than he actually is. Uh, but I'm banking on the fact that I believe that, uh, that he's going to find pucks and score more as he matures over the next three or four years. One thing that is important to me here is the trajectory in terms of, I own this guy in Europe on the development curve longer than I own a CHL player in this slot. Right. So I'm hoping to get that extra year out of him. Development wise is going to make a difference. And that's what ends up happening when you get into these later second rounds into the third and fourth rounds is that's where the European players and the kids going to college have some distinct value over the CHL kids. Cause that extra one year or two years makes all the difference before you got to throw him into the mix of the American Hockey League. At number 63, now this is where I had um, Aaron Merritt. No, I screwed up his last name. Poor kid. I'm going to buy him drinks when I see him at the draft. Mititian, I guess I can't because we're in the States this year. Ah, Well, one day I'll buy him drinks. Um, For many of the same reasons that, you know, you had him there is he's a guy that's a dependable defensive defenseman that can make a good first pass that you could put as a 5'6" right? And that's where a lot of my, like, you probably are, like, getting sick of me saying this through the back half of my second round, but there's a lot of guys like that because a lot of guys like that have value. And, yes, you could swing, like, I have a mix. There's some swings in there, but there's also, I got to mix it up with some guys that have really good floors that 
I know if I have multiple second round picks, I need that reliable defensive defenseman that's going to eat eat pucks and play you know play the game that you have the meat and potato game. Yeah, no, that's what he did at the year end at the U18s for his team. And anybody wants to go back and look at some game replays of Team USA in the gold medal game against Sweden, you're going to see him blocking shots all over the place and doing some really quality things to that led to victory in the biggest game of the year for the kids. So good on him. I went with uh, a defenseman here out of the Portland Winterhawks, uh, Luca Cagnoni. Um, he's interesting. This kid, uh, you know, he was almost a point of game out there. He's a plus player. Portland had a good year, good team. You know, they always seem to have good teams, don't they? Yes. Um, he's he's uh, he's not tall. He's 5'9", uh, but he, again, 182 pounds. So he's put together. Um, I call him a two-way tra- transitional D. Um, he can lead the rush with ease. So if on his own entry there's a turnover, he's going to hit it on his own if he sees space. So um, that's interesting. There is some risk-reward to his game. Um, his game management has room to improve at times. I get it. But uh, he's got great putt touch, and I think think he could potentially top out as a second unit power play guy as a pro. So we're at the final picks of our second round. And this is where I have Gavin McCarthy from Muskegon USHL. Uh, once again, just another guy that I think can fill into that five, six role. And I was watching really closely, had a conversation with him at the NHL combine. And when I get into these late seconds into the thirds, um, you know, my lists are flooded with guys that are Europeans and, uh, going to U.S. college is because there's some upside there, but they just need more time. And if I I think about them throwing them into the mix of a, as a 20 year old into the into the American League, then I don't think they're going to make it. But if I can get him in as a 22 year old, that's an entirely different story, which is why I have him at that slot. Yeah, I I completely understand the strategy. Been there, done that. I I, I see it. There's enough upside there and enough. Uh, you're banking on the extra year to get him to where you want him to be, right? Yeah. That's what you're doing. So um, there's nothing the matter with that. I went to Easton Cowan here. Um, again, we talked about it on the rise. Uh, glue guy in the middle of the lineup. So 20 goals. Uh, it's misleading because I think he could have maybe had 30 if he played more of a role in the first half of the season. But uh, plays hard, plays quick. We've beat him to death already. We like this player. That's it. He's come to us. This is a guy that came to us, right, as scouts, and said, here I am. I'm better than what you thought I was at the beginning of the year. And uh, I really like his two-way upside as a pro. I think he's a three um, if he hits on projection. See, I'm glad you made that that statement because – particularly after Christmas, a lot of guys, mostly defensemen, will hard charge, and they'll come to you. And this was a forward in this respect that came to us – and I agree with you. I think his last 20 games and in the playoffs, I'm like, okay. And I'm always on the hunt for the playoff players. All right. Which are the guys are going to like, not even necessarily elevate their game, but they don't drop in the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. And they make good choices. They take hits to make plays. They do a lot of the dirty things that you got to make plays. Some of it's legal. Some of it's not, but that's okay. <laughs> that's the playoffs for you. Right. So you, know, you got you to have a little bit of that in your game and that's okay. Um, and it's why I'm, you know, I had him at that spot. I know some other people have him even higher than both we do, um, you know, banking on that upside. But I think he's a player who's going to play 200 plus games in the NHL. So uh, thank you, Jason, for the coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, great insight. 
this has been another episode of Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, powered by Instat Hockey and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Fractal Hockey Consulting, as well as Outside Edge Player Development. You can listen to the show on your favorite podcast network or on your YouTube on the YouTube channel. Follow us at Twitter at HP Radio or at HockeyProspectRadio.com. Thank you to Jason once again, and we will see you at the rink.